are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host. Each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Our thoughts and prayers today continue to remain with Buffalo Bills defensive back Damar Hamlin and his family. He is still in critical condition in the ICU at UC Medical Center. So I today we are going to get back to talking about Bearcats athletics, but just again, understand that there is something much bigger than sports going on right now, right here in our city, in Cincinnati, at the University of Cincinnati. Um, the University of Cincinnati, Scott Satterfield, has hired three new position coaches and we have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Manning. We have a new um we have a new wide receivers coach in Josh Stepp and Greg Gasparato, whose role is undetermined, but he is coming from Louisville to make the seventh coach to come from Louisville to join Scott Satterfield's staff. So of the 10 on-field coaches and support staff members, seven of them are from Louisville. And so my question is, my question is, does this, is this going to make Cincinnati still a top 25 program perennially? Because Louisville was not a perennial top 25 team. They crashed the party this year. And that's great. But they weren't consistently in the top 25. The Bearcats are a program. That has been a top 25 perennial for the last four years. They need to stay there. And so I'm wondering, is this good that a lot of staffers from Louisville are coming? The offensive coordinator is not. I like that. Because I like branching out. Todd Manning is coming from Iowa State. He was their offensive coordinator. He was their their offensive line coach for the last few years. He also spent time with the Indianapolis Colts, was a tight ends coach in 2018. And that was a good tight end room. That tight end room had Jack Doyle. I believe it had Eric Ebron. That Colts team went to the playoffs with a 10 and six record after starting one and five. It was a really good Colts team. So there's hope here that Todd Manning, with what he's going to bring, Russ Elbin brought it, brought it up today on all Bearcats, a wide zone run scheme. This program needs that. It had that under Luke Fickle. Especially, you need a wide zone run scheme so you don't have to run up the middle every time. Especially when you consider that now you're losing Lorenz Metz, potentially to the NFL draft. There's only one starter returning on the offensive line right now, and that's Gavin Gerhardt. This is a this is a program that is in a rebuild, but I like where they're going with this hire with Todd Manning. The question is, do the Louisville staffers make this staff good And can they, with the talent that is on this roster and the talent that they are going to uh, accrue through the transfer portal, can this roster compete in the Big 12? The answer is I don't know. But what I do know is 
And Tom Manning is going to bring, I think, an element of physicality to the run game. I think he's going to be able to recruit some offensive linemen in the transfer portal. I think this is a good first step in rebuilding a much-needed position on this team. Josh Stepp, coming over from Louisville, was the offensive coordinator in the Fenway Bowl. Um, spent five seasons at Georgia State as the tight ends coach. Records in scoring, touchdowns, total offense, and rushing offense were set. So that's encouraging. He's going to be the new tight ends coach. Another position that you have someone who has prospered over the years in Shaman Mateer, but you're losing two hallmarks of your program in Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor. I then think about Tom Manning. You know, his offense prior to last year, last year's offense wasn't very good, but in 2019 through 2021, they were top 43 in scoring, um, top 25 in rushing yards the last three years. Top assistant coach nominee for the Art Broyles Award in 2019 and 2020. So there is potential there. All right. Greg Gasparato, new role not available, was the outside linebackers coach this past season. Matched the school record with 50 sacks this year, Louisville. Joined Army in 2020 as the co-defensive coordinator. That team, where the Bearcats played in... Uh, the second game of the season, you might remember that game. The Bearcats had to fight tooth and nail to score 24 points and claw their way to a 24-10 win in a top 25 matchup. Army only allowed 14.8 points per game that year. And the Bearcats had to move the ball very methodically in that game. And they only had one really big play, and that was the 60-yard touchdown pass to Jared Dokes on a little wheel route. So there is... um. So there is potential here with Todd Manning. I like the hire. I, I I like going into the Big 12, someone who's familiar with the conference that the Bearcats are going to step into. But I just am concerned, and I guess my question is, the Louisville staffers, guys like Josh Stepp and Greg Gasparato, you know, is that going to make this program competitive next year in their first season in the Big 12? I think Louisville was competitive. I thought they um, they played Clemson really tough last year who won the ACC I think that, you know, with Gasparato, you're going to, you know, see some things that you're familiar with with the Bearcats as far as getting after the quarterback, which they did a really good job at in 2021, and the Black Cats defense. Now, it's going to be up to Brian Brown, defensive coordinator. But if you're concerned about, you know, I think we're going to see just how good and competitive that Louisville coaching staff was in regime with Scott Satterfield because you got seven members coming. But do I like Tom Manning? Yes. Do I like Josh Stepp? Yes. Do I like Greg Gasparato? Yes. So on-field staff pretty much assembled. Roles aren't clearly 100% clearly defined just yet. But at the same time, there is room. But at the same time, there is a belief that this is going in a positive direction. And you've got your offensive coordinator on January 4th. The season doesn't start for another eight months. You're fine. Again, you may be still skeptical about Scott Satterfield. I'm not saying just throw this error out the window. No, I'm saying that there's still plenty, plenty of time to get this right and field a competitive football team, which I believe this program will do that. All right, so coming up, I teased it yesterday. There are two things that I noticed this past weekend that could spell rough life for the Bearcats into the Big 12. I'll explain what that is after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. 
Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank, back with you, your host, each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Cincinnati Bearcats are going to the Big 12 next year, and it got tougher over the weekend. So... The Fiesta Bowl, the playoff semifinal between TCU and Michigan, which was a fantastic game. TCU, I'm going to give them credit because they won a big boys game. It proves that ground and pound can win in the Big 12 because there's an element of physicality to this league. Look at the box score from the game on Saturday. TCU ran the ball for over 200 yards against a very good Michigan defense. That Michigan defense had just come in after shutting down Ohio State. Like, that defense. And, and by the way, the big thing here is Jesse Minter, who was a front runner and one of the names being thrown around when Luke Fickle was fired. I'm sorry, that was incorrect. Jesse Minter, who the he was, that was one name being thrown around after Luke Fickle left. Do you want him now? Because he just allowed over almost 500 yards to TCU. And TCU just got their teeth kicked in by Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. Like that game should have been, Michigan should have won that game by 20 points. They were the they were the better team. They had more opportunities than TCU. The, the thing is, though, they didn't cash in. TCU did. And I give Max Duggan a lot of credit. I give Sonny Dykes a lot of credit. I give this team, and I give this team, And I give this program and this coaching staff a lot of credit for what they did as almost a touchdown underdog against Michigan. And I say all of this because Jesse Benter was a name being thrown around. You wanted him to be the next head coach of the Bearcats. Well, after watching what he did against the Big 12 opponent, do you think he was going to be that great here at Cincinnati? I don't don't know. He, He may have been. He may go on to do great things wherever he is next year. But all I'm saying is, The Bearcats did go after an offensive-minded head coach. And in the Big 12, you need that. And especially after TCU, a Big 12 team, and the Big 12 had never had a team win a playoff game prior to um, to Saturday. And now they have a team who's playing for a national championship on Monday night. So I look at this and I say that if Jesse Minter couldn't stop a Big 12 offense on Saturday, what was he going to do when he was going to go up against them nine out of 12 weeks during the season? And a team in TCU who went five and seven last year and had a first year head coach, they were out physical by Kansas state. All right. All they did against Michigan was, you know, have five plays of 20 or more yards, including a 76 yard touchdown on third and seven, when Michigan had all of the momentum in the world and they were bringing heat on Max Duggan and the pass was barely caught. That's what TCU did. Two things here. Number one, TCU has shown that it's going to be a very tough team to play against, not just this year, but next year. And two, 
like I said, you wanted Jesse Minter, but how do you feel about him after this performance? Dual threat offense, which is exactly what Scott Satterfield is trying to create, and perhaps this should persuade you to give him a chance. That's all I'm going to say. Coming up, if the Bearcats struggled with Temple on the hardwood Sunday, whoa boy, I'll get into all of that after a word from two of our sponsors. Back here, Lockdown Bearcats, Alex Frank with you, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Bearcats lose to Temple on Sunday. It was an ugly game. I, 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 it was hard to watch after the Bearcats went up by seven. Who would you compare Temple to in the Big 12 right now? If you look at the Big 12 standings, which is without question the best conference, and this was being this was on social media after the game, this was um this, I I've seen this mentioned many places and I've heard it and I'm going to say it right now. If you look at the Big 12 standings, Temple came into Sunday's game 7 and 7. They the Bearcats had no business losing this game. If you go by record in the Big 12 right now, your closest team is probably Oklahoma State. Well, as Josh Neighbors alluded to last week, and as I'm going to say here right now, you're telling me that it's going to be easier to play Oklahoma State on a Tuesday night in what's actually going to be a full arena. And if this team can't, if this Bearcats team can't beat Temple on the road, and yes, Temple is a Temple's a solid team. They've got two good scores. Khalif Battle is an elite scorer in the American Athletic Conference. The Bearcats will see him again on February 22nd. But if this team, if this team who entered Sunday on a four-game winning streak was playing its best ball of the season, was so good offensively against Tulane, was getting better defensively, and then they give up 46 rebounds, including 12 on the offensive glass, or 14 rather. And Victor Locken was not the Victor Lockett we know. And they just get bullied. What's going to happen when you go up against Oklahoma State? Ask yourself that question. Because your off games in the Big 12 Conference are going to be Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, once, and then they're going to leave. Like, I'm here to tell you, if this team can't beat Temple, What's going to happen? I mean, could they beat UCF and BYU right now? I mean, to watch this team get out-muscled by a Temple team they used to own. When the Bearcats played Temple, they used to own them. Yes, they played a lot of close games. In my time at Cincinnati, they played several close games. But you know what they didn't do against Temple during my time there? They never lost to Temple. Never did. Swept them in 2018. There was a close game on the road. Okay, fine. They crushed them by 32, 34 at home. 2019, they come back from down 14. They out-rebound Temple like 47 to 22. 2020, they escaped Temple twice. Okay, that team maybe wasn't as talented as Mick Cronin's teams, but it sure had alphas in Jaron Cumberland and Trey Scott. Even in 2021, they escaped by the skin of their teeth in two games. Guys, I'm here to tell you, those days are not here right now. Wes Miller's 0-3 against Temple. 0-3 against Temple. 
He's 0-3 against Houston, fine. But he's 0-3 against Temple, a mediocre team. And it's not like the last two games have been close. They got, they got beaten home last year, and they were down big early in that game. They were up seven in this game. You're thinking, okay, this is good. And then the next thing you know, they're down by double digits late in the game. I want this program to succeed with Wes Miller. But then I see them play games like this, and it's like, where is this program going? Is it ever going to get back to the level that we're used to? Victor Lockett only had four rebounds. Odio Guama had five off the bench to lead the team. That's fine, but Victor Lockett only had four? Four. Giving up 12 second chance points. What are we doing? When this program, when this team gets behind, they panic. They don't have the, 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 the it factor to get back into a game. As soon as something goes wrong, they start rushing shots. They don't rebound. They don't defend. I mean, they don't do a lot of things they do when they're playing well. And unfortunately, even in the American Athletic Conference, especially tomorrow night against a very good defensive Wichita State team, which Russ and I will have more about later today in our live room. I mean, this this season, the Bearcats are 10-5. and five. Great. It feels like it's hanging in the balance tomorrow night. That's where I'm at. Because right now, this program is simply not good enough to, to even best Temple, let alone Houston or Memphis. If they go, if they had gone on the road and won this game by, let's say, three points, okay, you're feeling pretty good. They were out-rebounded by 18. When has that ever happened? That ne- and, if that, and if that ever happened under a Mick Cronin team, you know. All right, you know they were going to get their asses chewed in that game. My goodness, where is this program at right now? I still think this team can be pretty good. I want them to succeed under Wes Miller because I believe in what he's saying. But you go out and put up a clunker like this, and Wes Miller was very adamant on the postgame show on 700 WLW on Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me, when he said that there may be some lineup changes. I mean, he was he sounded like he was very upset about his team's performance, and rightfully so. 46-28 to 28 on the rebounds. Just think about that. Coming up later today, you can join me and Russ Hellman in our live room coming up tomorrow, the podcast form, and then Friday we'll recap the Bearcats' performance at Wichita State. We'll round out the week Bearcats football. We'll take a look at who is still... Uh, who the Bearcats still need to hire on the coaching staff of anybody, players in the transfer portal, and so much more to get to. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make Lockdown Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. I'm on Instagram, Alex Frank underscore and email at Alex3FrankieGmail.com. And for Lockdown Bearcats, my name's Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Please keep DeMar Hamlin and, your fam- and his family in your thoughts and prayers as I am, as my family is, and as all of you are as well. And especially all of us here at Lockdown Bearcats and all Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.